We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we are looking at the Kolchak, the Night Stalker episode, The Youth Killer, the penultimate episode of The Night Stalker, I might add. The end is nigh. (laughs) Kolchak's... Kolchak's a science story on singles dating coincidentally dovetails with a bizarre series of deaths of old people. Old people who really aren't old, but are aged to death by Helen of Troy, who is sacrificing perfect specimens of youth to Hecate in order to keep herself young and beautiful. I I had written a a very long synopsis, and then I just like, nah, we'll just go with a short one. So, um... (laughs) The Youth Killers, Kathy Lee Crosby trying to fill in the roles as Helen of Troy, the most beautiful woman in the history of history, throughout history. Um, What did you think? So, well, she's Helen of Troy. I mean, she actually is Helen of Troy in the sense that she's been around since whenever. Since Troy, yes. (laughs) In the form of a human. That seems to me what we're getting out of this, yeah. Okay, and... So the actual gods in this, actual gods? I'm guessing yes. So we're, I mean, this seems to me, I mean, obviously we've had various sort of paranormal and, uh, how should we put it, um, non, non-corporeal non entities mm-hmm. uh, in, in uh, Kolchak in one form or another in previous episodes. But we do seem to be sort of straying into the territory of uh, sort of, uh, the long dark tea time of the soul or American gods um, with this notion that the Greek gods are still around and active. Yes. Yeah. I am. Um, you know, and there's a there's a very seri- uh, popular series of young adult books um, that were made into a couple of lackluster movies, uh, the Percy Jackson's series. And those are all about the fact that there are still Greek gods running around, although they don't do much. Um, but the the damage caused by all the demi demigod children that they've got running around because they just can't keep it in their pants. And um, <laughs> no matter what they do, that's the one thing that the Greek gods have been consistent about throughout oh, yeah. all their stories is all the little demigods running around. And Well, what's the point of being a god? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, um, so... Go ahead. I mean, another. I was kind of relying on your longer synopsis here to to fill in all the gaps in the things that I just uh, couldn't be bothered to work out from the. Uh, okay, well, viewing, I can, I can, I can, this, I can I totally do it. I've still got it. I mean, I. No, well, you know, no, no, no. We, I mean, why not? I, at some point, though, I do finally kind of peter out, but I think that'll help the story out. You'll, you'll, you'll see. We'll just, okay, we'll okay, okay. go, go ahead. I'll, I'll see if you get my questions. A bizarre death occurs on a remote stretch of road. A young man jogging suddenly becomes ancient and dies while a beautiful woman watches. Kolchak is diverted from his article on the modern dating scene in Chicago by aspects of the death. There was no ID on the jogger's body, and no one is missing an old man. Further, the man was miles from the nearest homes. How could an old man like that jog to where he was found? Vincenzo is less sympathetic about the case. Nobody cares about 90-year-old people, he shouts as Miss Emily walks past. Oops. 
Back to his dating article, Kolchak learns that the current trend is singles clubs, singles apartments, and then there's even there's been a small resurgence of that almost defunct computer dating companies. <laughs> he tries to get into a singles apartment and happens to stumble upon another old person's death, this time in a gated apartment complex rented only to young single people. An ancient woman's body is found below one of the buildings. They question the residents, but no one knows her. All the residents but one, that is. A young woman that had a balcony directly above where the old woman was found isn't at home and has left her apartment without locking up or turning off the lights or stereo. We, the audience, of course, know that the young woman exercising on her balcony and transforming into an ancient hag before plummeting off the balcony to her death, all while the same beautiful woman from before watched. Kolchak's investigations have turned up that both deaths were members of Max Match's Olympians Club. Max Match is one of those computer dating companies that have popped up lately and that he dug up while working on his story. The Olympians is an exclusive sub-club within it for only perfect physical specimens. The elite of Max Match's clientele. Kolchak goes to meet with the owner of Max Match, Helen Surtees, who just happens to be the same beautiful woman that was present at the murders. And then that's kind of where I said, oh, come on, I'm just really going into this too much. <laughs> so I'm still wondering, Helen Surtees, or mm-hmm. Helen of Troy, who uh, we see in each of the murders, mm-hmm. starting out looking uh, <laughs> a, little a, li- a little on the worn side yes. and ending up looking rejuvenated. Yes. Um, via via this this uh, this sacrifice to Hecate or whatever. We'll come back to that. But okay. the, my question is that that's just that's that's like a twenty four hour fix, is it? It does seem to be kind of fast, doesn't it? Because uh, I, I didn't get anything in that. In in why we didn't really see her. We didn't see her aging at all. She was either young or she was, you know, on the on uh, at the point of doing the sacrifice business when she when she looks a bit old. But we don't get any sense in which, um, apart from at one point, she says she feels a bit tired. Which we I don't think get any sense rude. in which the kind of youth is wearing off. Um, yes, Cause, I, I mean, agree with that. If she's and... been if if she's been if she's been around since the fall of Troy. At a rate of going through one person per day, that's you know that's a lot of dead th- people. I, I mean, there are there are probably points in history where you can mask mask those losses, um, particularly you know when uh, people had shorter lifespans. So mm-hmm. you youths not making it to old age were not particularly unusual. She's gone through the whole of the well three quarters of the 20th century doing this and no one spotted it until Kolchak comes along i'm i'm going to i'm going to put out a i'm going to put out a theory here that maybe they and i'm totally making it up maybe they cut it out because somebody said oh, wait a minute that sounds too much like the night strangler jack the ripper or that maybe maybe she only has to do this every few years maybe there's like a a perfect number of sacrifices that she has to do every x number of years but the different the difference has to be this is not about eternal life is it it's about this this is this is why i'm i was asking the question about is you know is this the same helen of troy who's been around since since that time because at first it doesn't seem like this it just it just seems like this is some sort of youth Mm -hmm. treatment that that is that is is temporary in the way that uh, you know going for a facial or whatever might make you look a bit younger for a bit 
and then you've got to go and, and repeat the process and underneath it all you're aging as any other human uh, at the same rate as any other human and therefore she could just have been some woman who happened to stumble across their secret or 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 maybe she was a statue for x years and then yeah, I, yeah, that's probably a bit far-fetched. But. Well, you know, the other thing is that maybe Helen of Troy is the ideal of beauty. Okay, bear with me here. Therefore, she's the holotype. She is, she is the definition of beauty to the Greek gods. So now this ugly old woman comes along, young woman, old woman, doesn't really matter, and says, you know, casts a lot with Hecate and says, I want eternal youth and beauty, and I'll grant you these sacrifices if I do that. And so Hecate goes, okay, boom, your beauty. She would look like Helen of Troy by that definition. Yeah. Maybe? Because it doesn't seem very well thought out. I was was thinking it must be something like that because I... I'd obviously thought, you know, it can't it can't be another eternal life job because we've had that done before. And, you know, what what appears to be happening is you you do the the whole moon sacrifice thing and you get instantly youngified. Mm -hmm. But obviously for a limited period, it would it would seem. And, you know, maybe it's a few few over a period of the moon phase. You know, there could could be be any number of, you know, at a at an annual festival. Saturnalia, although clearly with everyone running around in um, tennis outfits in Chicago, it wasn't winter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It looked like they had transplanted it to Southern California there for for much of this episode. But um, yeah, I I think, and, and the only reason we know it's Helen of Troy is because one Greek cab driver tells us that that looks like every statue of Helen of Troy. And I got to yeah, tell although, you, doesn't look anything like the statue of Helen of Troy at the end of the episode. <laughs> I, I would never have Bummer. pegged that as being Kathy Lee Crosby. If somebody had said, here's a statue, what actress is this? I but don't But surely know. that was a statue of Kathy Lee Crosby. It was supposed to be. That was made for the show. Yeah, but it was terrible. They just did, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was just terrible. So, you know, if they can't get Kathy Lee Crosby in 1974 when she's standing there and they can model her from her pictures or her actually being there and make it look like Kathy Lee Crosby, then how would a Greek statue of a pseudo-mythological character look all, every painting, every, every statue I've ever seen, that's Helen of Troy. You know, it's <laughs> like, you know, that, that it's, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. It, it was kind of, um, I would say probably one of the weaker threads for a story I mean, it's got some fascinating well, ideas to it, but at the same time, it's so poorly fleshed out. Um, it's so, so poorly sourced. I mean, we're just like, let's go to a Greek taxi driver. Yep, that guy's, that's Helen of Troy. Okay. Well, I, well I'm, worse than usual. Not saying the others I were necessarily good. I don't necessarily want to get into defending this episode, but on the on the taxi driver point, I don't actually want to get into the ta- into defending the taxi driver because of this creepy taxi driver who that he he makes a joke about uh, ob- obviously he's been up to something inappropriate with his students. Oh yeah, when he was a professor, which is a big joke to him and Kolchak. <laughs> well, in nineteen seventies, yeah. that was a big joke. Oh yeah, well, uh, mm, mm, culturally for for a big joke, yeah, for the. For the white men, in any yeah, anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. 
the 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 point about the point about the taxi driver is he's an ex professor of classics and therefore a useful source for Kolchak because um he he's probably a bit desperate to use his knowledge for something given that he spends all his time driving around Chicago mm-hmm. in a cab and uh, and you know all his training and everything well it's not necessarily it's not like being a professor pays as well as being a taxi driver well no there is that you you're not you 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 don't you don't uh, go into academia for the cash but and um, cle- clearly this this guy may have gone into academia for the uh, <clears throat> but young but adult women also but, uh, not, also not, pre- not justifying yeah, for in 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 respect of whom he was in a in a a position of authority, authority. and responsibility uh, and made inappropriate use of it but oh ho ho let's all have a bit ignoring of a that one it. line though ignoring that one line i liked that character oh i thought it was a, i thought it was a great performance actually he <laughs> he the 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 kind of um the 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 sort of humor and confidence he brought to it especially when he was sort of sitting around in the in the newsroom and chatting away to vincenzo until vincenzo kind of goes hang on a minute who the hell are you mhm yeah it, no. it, it was a hoot it, it 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 was good it was just i i really i that 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 kind of line and the the kind of just men laughing about it thing really uh shows yeah. the difference between watching it in 2018 and 1974 cuz well, it 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 does show the difference it doesn't or the acceptability of it or uh or yes, how they would respond to it there's 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 no doubt you would, there you that, wouldn't you wouldn't get that you, you that that wouldn't pass by now i hope no and you know okay here's the difference i'm not Again, not justifying the behavior in any way, shape, or form. In 1974, if a professor got involved with a college student, let's assume the college student was 18 and above in the United States, they could expect a censure. They could possibly expect being fired. They would not likely go to jail. Now they could go to jail for that. Because there are states, at least in the United States, I don't know of all of them, I don't think there's a federal law, that that addresses that issue of you being in authority over them. It's not just that, you know, it's not just that a 50-year-old professor and an 18-year-old student is wrong or that, you know, there's a, there's a contract there, a, an employment contract in a way, or a, or a tutor contract, but... But there's also state laws now with regards to if you're in a position of authority, that's actually a crime, not just a smear on the university. So um, it is different. It, it, yeah. it is different. What, what is curious about it is why that they felt they needed to throw that line in there. Again, well, it's I a think, throwaway. I think they, need, they, need, they needed some reason why this guy was a, a, an ex-lecturer rather than you know, just some random taxi driver because I, now I, it would I, literally be pay. You, it would, you could yeah, do well, that yes. exact character right you, now, and you'd be like, "Why are you?" You know, somebody, "Why are you driving a taxi?" It's like because I, 
you know, I make $40,000 a year as a taxi driver, and I uh, was living on food stamps as a university professor. So, well, quite so. Tw- 20, 20 years ago when uh, I remember someone going off um, to become a train driver, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's probably not a new story. They could, they could have found something else to explain mm-hmm. it. They probably didn't see the need because, as you say, different times. Yeah, clearly it's inappropriate. Clearly it's a thing that could probably lose you your job. Yeah. Almost certainly would lose you your job unless, you know, I don't know, particularly favored or football coach or who knows what. But um But there are yeah. there are other there are other things you could do. There are other things that might be gross misconduct that you could do in a professorial role that mm-hmm. probably wouldn't alienate as much of the television audience. You know, like um, I don't know, stealing paper clips or something. Um, well, probably not quite gross misconduct. But you, well, you, you, you know, know how much I like those paper clips, Carl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can, can get a bit of a bit of a habit. But um, yeah, there are there are there are certain sort of uh, yeah, getting 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 uh, I don't know fired for smoking pot or whatever. No one's going to go. Oh God, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And they could have been thing in nineteen seventy four too. Yeah, yeah. So Well uh, yeah, because you know, you get if it, if it's a criminal offence then obviously Anywho. There there's there's your there's your classics professor and um I'm no classics expert. I'm hoping you're gonna be able to help me out with this one. Why why is Hecate the one that she is praying to rather than Hebe, the goddess of youth. Oh, is it Hebe? Athena is the goddess of beauty. I thought Athena was the one that And Hebe is the goddess of youth. Helen. Yes. So beautiful. So you'd think that would be the one that she would be praying to. Well, I would have, that would have been the one I would have gone with if I was making it up. It's it's youth that... uh, that she's, yeah. Anyway, well, what, I think they're very synonymous. What don't I know about Hecate? Why is it? Why is it Hecate? Isn't isn't Hecate the the one that? And again, let's not apply proper classical grounds to this. Let's apply layman's classical ground. Hecate is the one you associate with witches and things and evil. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, so and magic and the, the the evil gods, whereas <clears throat> you know we we know but that do we say the Greek Helen gods were witch? not they were neither good nor evil. By and large, they were flawed people that had their good sides and bad sides. Yeah, but Hecate's the one that always comes off as being, you know, maybe maybe Hades, but. Um, that you think of as as bad. So, if you're sacrificing and it's a it's a thing where you have to go around killing people, Hecate's one that people would accept. If you were sacrificing to Eros, the god of love, they might be thinking that's a little that's a little weird, huh? I mean, why would he do that? You, then you'd have to explain more. And I don't think they wanted to explain a lot in this story. <laughs> I, well, I, I think this one true. relies on you just kind of having to, a, a base knowledge of. Um, you know, having heard of some Greek gods and and off you go, 
kind of thing. But um, uh, yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> wearing a, I was going to say a toga-like yeah. thing, but it's, togas are Roman, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, same well, same gods, Greeks, anyway. Yeah. Same gods, different names. Was Socrates but, Greek? He wore a toga. Yes, he was certainly Greek. Uh, would we call it a toga? I don't know. It's don't a, know. If a rappy sheet thing. Let's call it yeah. a rappy sheet thing. Yeah. Well, right? it did. It did. It did the job in terms of that. Although I suspect she may have um, been to a, a an outfitter's um, more recently than probably the time of uh, <clears throat> Troy. Troy. We should really have looked up when the time of Tro- when the fall of Troy was. <laughs> that would have. That probably would have put a little. Um, <laughs> But it wasn't recently. No, it's been a while. It, it, it has definitely been quite quite a while. Um, I, I, I'm wondering if she had to be wearing those robes. Was it part of the sacrificial ceremony? Well, she she wasn't wearing them when she was doing the kind of running the dating agency right. bit. But when she'd so go out at she, night. Yeah. I, 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 did that add anything? I mean, it didn't to me. I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it. So I'm, if she'd been I assumed it was part of the clothes. ceremony. Because she if doesn't go out, does she? She, go, she goes into the temple, and then she somehow is, she appears wherever the, the victim is. But she's in the temple. We, is you she? Know, we get, every time we get the shot of her in the temple, looking up through the glass panels at the moon, huh. and then it cuts to whoever it is, the, you know, the jogger or the... Um, tennis player or whatever we then see her standing somewhere near them there's no way she could have kind of got out grabbed a cab got over to wherever they were and then kind of crept out and appeared there i think you're detecting what might be a plot hole here but um no i i i, I didn't have a problem with it because i so this I, is all kind of magic anyway isn't it She's just, i was going to ask you about this because the opening scene we have another one of those where Kolchak is on the spot, yeah, narrating through his through his tape recorder. He's standing next to a, let's call it a Roman column, plinth, he's a plinth. Yeah, yeah. He, he's clearly in what we think to be the temple. We then cut over to he's kind of in the shadows. We then cut over to Helen doing a prayer thing. I thought he was literally narrating this while she was standing there and he was hiding <laughs> because sometimes. This show does have an incredibly stupid interpretation of how quiet you have to be when you're hiding yes. <laughs> from the bad yes. guy. Yes, yes, yes. And then when she's, he started talking about the, the murder and we cut to the jogger, I thought that was when we flashed back. I thought this was going to be... I thought this was going to oh, be another one of those ones where at the end of the episode, you know, after he's recorded this, he accidentally pushes the fast forward loud backwards button. And that alerts her that she's standing there a few feet away from her talking um, <clears throat> kind of thing. And it, it didn't really work out that way. But as I was watching it, that was what stuck in my mind. So, no, I just assumed she was standing there. I just assumed she was out waiting for that guy. You may be right, though. You may absolutely be right. Well, she, we, we know from the ending that she wasn't. That that wasn't the case because by the time he records the narration, she's been transmogrified into the statue. Yeah, on the last one, yes, absolutely on the last one when when he interrupts her in the prayer. But um, I, she could have started the prayer in the temple and then gone. Okay, it's time to go out and find my face. I don't know. I I I don't know. I didn't I didn't really think about it being sort of a translocation kind of thing. But it could have could very well have been. 
So, yeah. Well, then it would make sense that that would make more sense that she would put on the robes before she would go in and pray at the temple hmm, hmm. to me. Well, that, that, necess- that, that was that was very much the sense I got. But I think it could have been clearer if, for example, we had seen her appear yes. from thin air. Yes. You know, stand, standing by the trees where the, the, the jogger fell or whatever. We, you know, it just it cuts mm-hmm. to her there. Right. So um, now and, and I think. Well, OK, I have a question about one of the deaths. So the first case, you got this guy. He's, he's jogging. He's been doing four miles. Um, he's 20-something. Uh, suddenly, mm-hmm. he's transmogrified to be nearly 100. And uh, he's still running. And he falls over dead. Heart attack. Perfectly understandable. Hmm. This, well, I, I can, well, I can take it. You know, I can, I can take the understanding that, you know, the fact that this guy's running, he doesn't realize he's just getting older and older and older. Something's going to fail. Heart attack makes perfect sense. The woman on the balcony, she's getting older and older and older. And I, I'm sitting there and I remember that she'd fallen off the balcony because having seen it before. But I was like, how the heck is she going to fall over the balcony? You know, that balcony's too high. She's not tall enough. Um, she would have to literally walk all the way up to the balcony, do a full-on uh, toe touch, and really put her weight into it to flip over that that balcony. And so she's getting old, she's getting old, she's getting old. She turns around, she sees her reflection in the mirror. And like all women in the 1970s and prior, the horror of seeing an old woman is too much for her to take. And she flops backwards over uh, and and then still rather unconvincingly manages to fall off of the, the balcony. Would she have died of a heart attack if she hadn't seen herself? That's my question. Would she have just been turned into an old woman, or would she have still had to die? Because they said she died of a heart attack, but I'm kind of thinking she died of falling off the balcony. Not sure. <laughs> well, <clears throat> that, that was kind of... Heart, 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 what does heart attack mean? I mean... Uh, heart stoppage. It, well... That that's generally why people die, isn't it? Yeah, myocardial heart infarction. Stops. How about that? It 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 may be caused by I mean any number of different uh, di- different things, but that's that's going to be coincidental with death. Your heart's probably going to stop if you're dead. Your heart stops if your heart stops. You're dead. So yeah, mm, the question for me is is uh, it wasn't so much. I I didn't I didn't think it was unnecessarily incredible that seeing a reflection of yourself aged up 60 whatever years would startle you because I don't think that's necessary you know it's you're looking startle, at essentially a, diff, a different person the thing the thing that puzzles me and again this this partly comes down to what is the process that is going on here is why a 90 year old shouldn't be able to jog four miles if it's a very fit 90 oh, year old mr updike here <laughs> I, I wanted to talk to you about that okay let's let's, let's and, hit that one. Yeah. and and why wouldn't someone who was aged magically from being a very fit 22 year old to being a 90 year old be a particularly fit 90 year old because if i'm thinking someone who'd been on the fags for 70 odd years and you know two bottles of wine a day and too much saturated fat and all the rest of it yeah I'm kind of thinking probably they're not going to be able to do all that much at 90 so it pretty much depends on what kind of 90 year old you are and if you are you know if you're just 
if you're just aged without all the other kind of bad effects of aging that occur which are basically you know doing all the fun things that you do as you age i mean they're the things that are bad for you right Mm-hmm. Um, it, does that does that necessarily mean you're going to die, or are you just going to be old? And well, that was that was my thought. You know, with a woman, she's there, and and yeah, okay, she's exercising too. But you know, was it was it what Helen did to her that killed her, or was it scaring herself to death, or was it falling off the balcony? Was death the well, absolute necessary consequence of this? That's yes, I think that that's stealing. the question I'm that we that we that we're both get getting, which is. Of course, it would have been was, called the youth stealer then instead of the youth killer. But yeah, well, yes, which would be a much better title actually. There's only a youth killer. I spent, um, I, w- I went through two interpretations of that before I hit the right one because you're thinking, well, it could be someone who kills youths, true, for a start, true, or it could be a youth who kills people. Yes, yes, <laughs> I didn't get the third one. Right, for I get to yeah, it's you're going to kill the. Well, they youth are killing youth of someone. You could, you could. Well, it's, I suppose they are killing youths, but it was actually their youth I was thinking that they were killing, not them themselves, because obviously killing youths could be done with a knife in a lot more straightforward way than aging them to death. You know, um, happens quite a lot as it is. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I guess what we're wondering is, in order to be rejuvenated for. Ooh, the next 24 hours or whatever it is <laughs> does does helen need these people to die or could they could could she could she achieve the same effect if they were just aged by 70 or so years and then you know you'd have a a 90 year old whatever who might carry on and probably probably would have a shortened lifespan fair enough but could get another couple of years and it would just be a bit awkward from a storytelling point of view because there wouldn't be much mystery in the sense that you can still interview a 92-year-old yes. who's alive and, as and opposed to one who's dead. They would, would they get kicked out of the Olympians because yeah. they're no longer beautiful and perfect? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I Might was, get a refund, maybe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw another one out there that's the difference between 1974 and 19, or 20, <laughs> 1917, where we are now, 20, 2018. Um, <laughs> When, when they're talking about this old guy out there exercising and they're talking about all this, this faddish exercise thing, that's literally true. The 1970s is the beginning of this faddish, um, hey, you need to get out and do exercise. Because, uh, it, well, it's, you know, it's, we're, you're transitioning it's, it's crazy from a, talk. We're transitioning from an agrarian society uh, in the early part of the century where, and in the late part of the last century, but... But that transition from an agrarian society, a lot of people lived on farms. A lot of people did physical labor. They did a mm-hmm. lot of, uh, you know, hard, they had hard lives. They had hard work, um, go through the wars. And in the post-war prosperity period, people started getting fat and lazy because uh, technology and, and wealth have changed the lifestyle and the cars and, and everything is uh-huh. changing. So starting in the 1970s is about the point where you start hearing the doctors say, yeah, I really need to get out and exercise more. And you really need to, you know, stay fit and young and trim. And, and of course, that has continued on. It, it's never been not true with a human being, but it's the kind of towards the beginning of the period where people have to be consciously aware of it. It's not just part of your daily life that keeps you... Um, uh, uh, exercised a bit better. And so they are treating it as a fad. You can hear them treating it 
like a fad when they're talking about the yeah. single scene and stuff. And I think that's I, I think when then you turn around and say, well, if a 93-year-old man is running four miles jogging in the park, of course he's going to die because that's nuts. Because they're thinking it's a 93-year-old man. And <clears throat> yes, now uh, uh, he should be able to um, do, you would say that, you would say that as a younger person than me. And I think there's a joke there which I wrote down to mention, and that's when Updike says... Well, if you take care of yourself your whole life, there's nothing you can do, you shouldn't be able to do at 90 that you couldn't do at 19. And Miss Emily and Kolchak both look at each other being old people with a knowing look. It's like, that ain't true, Updike. That is just, that is not true. And I, would, I looked at Updike and go, nope, that's not true. I don't care. I mean, yes, I'm not uber exercise uh, fit guy, but I mean, that's a lot, a lot of work and a very, very few percentage of people at 90 could jump four I, miles. Well, it's not. It's not. I'm. I'm happy to say that that's nonsense. But that doesn't mean that we'll, we'll see in about thirty or forty there are, years. There, well, but there are there are people who are thirty or forty years older than I am who could jog a hell of a lot further than I can. I'm sure there probably are. Most people who are thirty or forty years older than I'm. T- I I am not. Uh, but that number will. Dr- of the population of people that age is going to be diminishing still. I mean, just too many things. I, I would be much better yeah, yeah. fit. I would be much, yeah. much better and, shape and than I am if my knees weren't bad, you know, from yeah, years yeah, yeah. of being of, playing no. racquetball like crazy. And now no. I can't. I, 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 I think, I think Updike is trying to, trying to, to sort of deny aging altogether, which I'm not trying to do. I'm, I, I just think, you know, someone who's, someone who's can jog four miles when they're 90, could probably jog several marathons when they're my age, yeah. kind of thing. They would not be able to do that when they're ninety. But four miles is not an unreasonable. There's there's uh, ages. Most in ni- here. it is for it is it is for most ninety year olds. But the 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 thing that occurred to me was here is someone who who is clearly very uh, fitness conscious and so is already in in kind of one of those upper percentiles in terms of that. And what is it about the aging process that would make them less fit when they become, a few minutes later, an old person? Well, aging is degeneration. No, so no, no. I don't, I, don't mean, I don't mean less fit than they were when they were physically a 22-year-old. I mean, I mean less than being amongst the most fittest of 90-year-olds, just as they were amongst the most fittest of 22-year-olds. <clears throat> the most fittest of 90 year olds are still going to drop dead at a higher speed than the most fittest of 20 year olds yeah would you agree with that i mean i Absolutely. think that's i think that's oh yeah all. yeah yeah but, but i would Cole agree with that I, it just it just seems excessive to say you know because he's jogged four miles he hadn't even jogged four miles he jogged about 200 yards because he'd done most of the jogging when he was 22 correct but whatever but Cole it's, wouldn't know that. yeah yeah well well no no it, absolutely but what killed him i mean we <laughs> Well, it, and then that's that's so, the question we're asking. That's the you know, was it a necessity because it didn't seem something I, that would necessarily have occurred just I by guess, virtue of having become ninety. By definition, a sacrifice is typically meant to be a sacrifice of life. It could have been the sacrifice of their youth, but yeah, it, it yeah. And and Kolchak as a show has shown us uh, aging is not pretty. I mean that. that Throughout the show, it's whether or not people are trying to fight against aging because, you know, aging is bad. Um, or we have stuff like Horror in the Heights where we go see the plight of the aging. And frankly, you know, it's it's never good. It's sad. Well, um, 
it, but it's, I mean, I think I think there is there is no most most people watching it now or then will probably not be big fans of aging. I mean, I'm not. It, Fair enough. It's something that some people are clearly uh, much more upset about than others in the sense that most of us don't go around sacrificing a 20-year-old every day. Well, most of us don't have but, the opportunity to try. Well, that that is true. Maybe we would. Maybe we would. <laughs> but, but um, you know, the, 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 the fact is that... A, that a lot of the things that we can do when we are young we cannot do the same things when we are old we can do different things perhaps when you know we have the experience and knowledge and all the rest of it and unfortunately by that time we lack some of the uh, energy and <laughs> vigor but anyway the the there is this whole other aspect of 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 aging which is to do with the the kind of which is much more to do with the social thing which is horror in the heights and all the rest of it and i'm not sure that the way in which kolchak the writers on kolchak approach that have actually been consistently negative and particularly through the character of miss emily who is around in this episode mm-hmm. to um if not call vincenzo out at least to to give him a stern look when he needed it well he did need it because he was you know he was he he was all with the youth oriented culture and hey nobody cares about old people and it's certainly the 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 character of miss emily is is has been the counterbalance to this when you know when she's been written at her best and i i have felt there is a lot of potential there i've said before i felt that she should be much more Coljack's sidekick wouldn't, wouldn't it be po- amazing positive if we had a show particularly back in the 1970s, where they let an, an old woman have a major role. Oh, absolutely. As, you know, as, as somebody who was helping, you know, even if she's only his assistant 10% of the time. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, I've, why not more? But it, it's why it's why the, 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 the Big Finish Sixth Doctor audios with Maggie Stables as the companion were so brilliant because suddenly you had an old, older woman uh, well, not necessarily older than the doctor, but older Physiologically, than the doctor. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you had you had uh, someone in her. I guess she would have been, she was r- retirement age, so late fifties or some point in her sixties, I would think, and it created a very different and much more um, cap- en- engaging dynamic. Mm-hmm. I thought. I mean, the the the. Rumors this week, as we record this, of of a, a reboot of the Avengers, oh. which is going to be, um, it, you know, if it if it comes about, is going to be a kind of recreation of the the Steed and Mrs. Peel era. Well, well that's, that's, that 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 seems like to uh, hiding to nothing because you're never going you're never going to achieve that. But w- one of the things I wouldn't mind seeing ha- we've had the new Avengers. Hey, let's have the old Avengers. Let's get Joanna Lumley back. Pair her up with uh, Honor Blackman or and maybe Diana Rigg as well, and have them going around kicking diabolical masterminds' asses as they currently are. And you know the. Why? Why not? Why not? Why? Who? Where does it say all the heroes have to be young? Come to think of it, I mean, based on the way they went with the new Avengers. Wow, are we on a tangent? Uh, you know, with Steed <laughs> having kind of gone from an operative, a high-level operative, perhaps very high-level operative, to a management operative. Yeah, in the new they Avengers, they parked him, and he was Purdy not happy. could have taken that job. 
You know, you if, mean, they, if they didn't want, if they didn't necessarily think that that they wanted to bring back Honor Blackman and Diana Rigg and 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 whatnot, uh, you know, if they wanted to build a new team, they could have built the team around Purdy as the oh yeah that position, no, and I'm, then got two younger people if they really felt they had to have younger people. I don't think, but but the fact yeah. they, I don't think they wouldn't really. No, I've got it cast in my head. It's Helen Baxendale and Toby Stevens. But um, we're, yes, we are maybe off on a tangent there. That's a bit of a tangent, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, hmm. Helen Baxter, now I can see. I, I can I can see that. Toby Stevens, I don't know. I uh, don't really care. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, yeah. And Kolchak has been. I, I was actually I was speaking on the, on the old thing. I was kind of surprised that there was not more speaking up on Kolchak's part. Um, mm-hmm. Like he did in Horror of the Heights, where the guy, guys, old guy, old guy died, old guy died, did he? You know, to the to the cop for being insensitive, yeah, to to the old death. And I, you know, I kind of halfway expected, you know, stupid old jogger dies because he's too old, and and get a little kickback from Coljack yeah. on that. But they really didn't go into that story. I also did not like. Um, it's it's common that Coljack is trying to do something that, you know, Vincenzo wants him to do. And he's found the story that he wants to dig onto. And that keeps diverting him away from the story that that Vincenzo wants him to do. This is the first time that he, he's working a completely independent story that leads him and he's following a tangent and the two come together at the end. Yeah. Which, it's not the first time. It's not the first time he happens to have been assigned a story that turns out to have some kind of major paranormal aspect to it, right? But, but you're you're right in the sense that this is actually both. He doesn't realize they're the same story until until he uh, finds the Olympian connection, and then yeah. it brings him back to to Max Match, um, which <laughs> yeah. So. Honey. Speaking, speaking of casting, before we go, well, no, I was going to, the two things, I, I mentioned it earlier, Kathy Lee Crosby, beautiful woman, but, but wow, somebody puts a script on your desk, you're the casting director, and somebody puts a script on your desk, and says, you have to cast Helen of Troy, the most beautiful <laughs> woman that has ever existed or ever will exist on this planet, the face that launched a thousand ships, no one because of her godliness. No one can be more beautiful. Find that actress for me, please. <laughs> you know, nobody is going to be perfect. Nobody's going to be satisfied perfectly with whoever you get. She's she's quite lovely. Is she the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life? I don't think so. But, I, I you know, that, that seems like one of those... But maybe that's because you're not Greek. And neither is she. Well, and, that's and, true. And and this is the other thing that I wanted to to mention. Nineteen seventies. If you needed a Chinese actor, you'd hire a Korean, a Japanese, a Chinese, a Vietnamese, whatever you could get your hands on that had dark hair, yellow skin, almond eyes, right? A- anybody you could get, mm-hmm. because that's the way it works. That's that's the the sad reality of the way it works. We need a Greek cab driver. We actually find a Greek actor. He doesn't. He doesn't speak any Greek in the episode. I don't. I'm not. Oh, I couldn't 
put a lineup of people together and say, yeah, he's Greek. I don't think I could do that. Maybe I could, but I don't think I could. Why? 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 I have nothing against the performance. I have nothing against the actor. I mean, he's, I'm pretty sure he was fairly famous from his role in Kojak um, for many years. But um, um, I, I just, I just thought that was weird. Well, look at uh, guess, John Elcorn. It, it has something to do with the fact that they don't there would Indians be as Indians many. Either. Well, there would be Americans. many more. There'd be many more Greek actors around, and there would be the, the Greek actors would be able to play any part. But you know, no, no one, no one is going to give a part to a Chinese person or a Korean or anything else, unless it is some kind of specifically Asian role. Yeah, and then any of any of them will do because. And they know, certainly wouldn't have hired him to play the Greek character. Yeah. But yeah, I just I just kind of felt like you know there's there's more of that inherent racism going on yeah. um, in Hollywood that exists because there were I, there, well, I, don't, I don't know how many Greek actors there were but there weren't many with Greek names I mean truly Greek names but I can't remember what his is Demosthenes or something like that but um, it just kind of but I'm thinking I'm thinking it would be easier to be a Greek actor. Oh, because you just look like a yeah. Because you just look like a European, white European immigrant. Yeah, Yeah. and people will cast you, and you know, try, try, try getting roles where it doesn't matter what ethnicity or nationality you are. If 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 uh, if you get a role like that, if a director gets a role like that, they cast someone white, and that was the problem. Yeah. Well, one of the problems, not the only problem. But yes. A big problem. I, I understand there were some others, um, <laughs> particularly with the casting of the women, but uh, that's, a, that's a whole yes. another podcast for another group of people, I, I think, on the thing. Um, how about that computer dating? I thought those had all gone out with the way of love beads or so Well, that, certain, the 60s. that certainly surprised me. Because, uh, I mean, not, not obviously just because in 2018 it's inescapable and Mm -hmm. huge but because i was surprised that there was that it that it was a thing in 1975 not only that it had been a thing and had yeah had been had been seen as a fad that had died out yeah yeah well i think if i'm not mistaken and i I read something on this a while back, so I'm going to, I'm going to caveat that with could be apocryphal, but the earliest forms of computer dating involved, um, punching in your per- certain personality traits to a Hollerith card, to an old IBM punch card. And those were coded as, as the punch cards are, you know, you can, you can, get a certain number of digits uh, per um, per column. I don't remember what it is. It's been a long time since I played with Hollerith cards, but uh, it, pretty much lining the two up and the more holes you could see through, the better match. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding, but you know, that was, that was the idea. The, the, the more similar the cards were uh, with the traits, the, 
um, the better the match. Uh, it, the reason it went out of fat is because that doesn't work. It's the same. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think even I don't think that even now that quote unquote serious computer dating works that way. But you know, there's some there's some similarity to that. Obviously, if uh, you know you're a you're a vegan and and they're a strict carnivore, those those kinds of things butt up against each other um, rather unpleasantly. But at the same time, I think they figured out that you're not supposed to be the same person. <laughs> yes. You know. So I, I, don't, I don't know where that goes. Um, but yeah, yeah, old, old school computer dating and trying to think of what they thought of as computer matching it was, you know, nothing... Nothing like what we have now, and and honestly, I you know I'm not, I, I don't know enough about it, but I know a little bit enough about it to know that there's nothing to it even now. It's just convenient, you know. It, it there is well, no scientific, actual, um, validity to any of the computer dating algorithms. It it's just as hit and miss in the role, but but it gives you a place to start. You know, the, to not have to go out and meet people on the street. Well, what, 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 but what I mean, a big part of the computer dating process now. And we're not talking about the, Tinder the, here. Well, yeah. That, I'm not calling well, that computer okay. dating. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, because I was just going to say a lot of it has to do with, with, uh, with communication. Mm. So, and, and, you know, you can't swipe left with a punch card. It's true, but if you look at computer dating even five years ago, it was very different. It was more like Match.com. So you're going in, you're entering a profile, and then you're, uh, you know, the, the, the cell phone, the, the smartphone has really changed it again. Because you, you kind of go to that instant, you could start communicating by text message um, mm -hmm. immediately. And, and here and now, not like I did my profile last night and then check in the morning on my computer when I get up to see how many pics somebody sent me. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, okay. Yet another podcast. We can just go put that one over in, in our podcast on <laughs> sexual inequality and in, in Hollywood casting and computer dating. What not to do. Uh, just maybe a sidecar someday. I don't know. Um, let's see. Do I have anything else? We, but, we, but you, but, I mean, technology then was was getting pretty advanced because the bribe that the guy wanted was a an eighteen inch oh, screen, yeah. even if it was only black and white. So you know, eighteen inches, wow! Gordy the Ghoul's back! Yay! <laughs> My favorite Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I did. I did make a note of that. Wow, an eighteen inch TV. <laughs> Color. I want a color. 18-inch TV. And Kolchak <laughs> is right. That probably was expensive. Well, yeah, because, I mean, when we got a color TV, which would have been probably getting on for almost 10 years later than this, it was only 16 inches, I believe. So, you know. Yeah, but your picture quality is better. So because you get more lines with PAL than NTSC. So 16-inch TV is like watching an 18 It's uh, you know, more densely packed it's better quality yeah um <laughs> actually that that does sound like the argument behind higher resolution smartphone screens 
now that I think about it. Um, let's see. What else pa- have I got? Yes. Pa- Pal was Pal was the uh, the retina display of its day. <laughs> or, well, um, I don't. Also, uh, you got more lines with color six two five as opposed to four o five, if I remember correctly. So you know, yeah, it's another yeah. it's another reason why that why uh, Gordy the Ghoul should have held out for that color screen. I don't, I don't know if that's Stiffed true. by Kolchak on, um, again. I don't think that's true on American color. Ah, yes, of course. I think our black and white and our color were the same number of scan lines. Yeah. But, um... Oh, well, it was uh, like five and a quarter. He did all right. I think it's like five and a quarter. Um, it's, uh, VHS was 480. If I'm not mistaken. Wow, this is obscure. (laughs) This, this one is, this one is digging deep. I tell (laughs) you. Okay, so the, the uh, last thing I have... Um, of of major is the final sacrifice. The way that Kolchak defeats our villain by yeah. telling telling Hecate that that the sacrifice that was given had a glass eye. The the hubris on Kolchak's part for thinking Hecate hadn't noticed already. Well, yeah, except. You can you can kind of see why because if Hecate had noticed it was a glass eye, why did why did she make Helen young again? Right. She missed. Mm-hmm. She's she's been stiffed, basically. She's asked for perfection. She's not been given perfection. She would be justified in not delivering her side of that bargain. Yep. I kind of as our defeating villains go. This is one of the weakest. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, it's not poking him with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I I thought it might be. I thought there might be something going on with it where Col- Kolchak rushes into the into the the temple and starts smashing things up, and Helen turns up completely unconcerned about mm-hmm. it. You know, yep. you you've 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 smashed up some museum quality artifacts, but it's it's you know it's no biggie. And so I was thinking this is actually having a this is having a bit of a poke at the kind of usual Kolchak formula. It's it's being a bit um, you know a bit of a self parody, which I thought was perfectly justified. And then suddenly it turns round and she. Kind of caught in this cyclone that turns her into a statue somehow. So, okay, what happened? I can. I was, can... was it literally just the, the the double cross on the the glass eye or the inadvertent uh, miss selling? You know, actually, I think I think I'm going to take it back. I'm not going to say it's the best one, but I'll try to give it a little. I'll try to give it a little do. So, although they undermined it a little bit, taxi driver tells Kolchak. Destroy the temple. Kolchak goes, yeah, destroy the temple. Off I go. And then you hear taxi driver shout after him. I didn't say that was going to work. <laughs> right? Yes. If he hadn't said that line, then, then, you know, when Kolchak goes in and busts that thing up, we as the audience, because every other instance, 
where they go, oh, pair my face, stick him with a poke him with a stick. Beep. Okay. Yeah. And and it turns out that that's exactly true. Um, in this case, he goes in, does the smash up thing. Nope, didn't happen. Which which looks like it's, you know, it looks like it's paying off that line, and that seems right. You know, in, in kind of paying it off, but at the same time, I, I kind of like this is the first time that the person who has ever told you what you need to do turns around and says, "Yeah, but." It's not going to work. Um, and then <clears throat> Kolchak has to reason his way out of it. This may be the first time he ever reasoned his way out of it. Well, okay, I was told about the perfect sacrifice. <clears throat> and they weren't a perfect sacrifice. Uh, and he starts it with, he starts it with when and Helen's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you can't offer me to Hecate. I'm I'm far from perfect. I mean, that's pretty insulting, isn't it? And Sort of, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of thinking that that's true, but at the same time, I'd like to put a little reason on Hecate's part, and she'd look down and she'd go, "Yeah, Helen's got to kill this one." Whatever. I mean, this this is a killy thing. She's got to kill him somehow. Maybe it's the only way Helen can kill. You know, she doesn't have any she doesn't have any magic powers apart from no. making a prayer offering, and so maybe that is the only way she feels she can get rid of Kolchak. Um, I, I could kind of see Hecate maybe being a little figuring on that one. But then when Kolchak reveals to her that, you know, the, the glass eye and you, you screwed up and didn't offer the thing. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just Hecate killed her. And I, and I think even at the point when you have Kolchak say, well, you're trying to offer me and I'm, I'm not perfect. And Helen says, I think you're not qualified to speak on behalf of Hecate. That may be what pissed her off more. Because Maybe. Helen's I mean, implying the public... that she's qualified to speak on behalf of Hecate, which is it is it well yeah but the which is which is all well and good but we know nothing about what Hecate is thinking or actually really capable of in the sense that well to, so take for example the ring what's the point of the ring why do you need a ring sacrifice marker. Oh yeah, come to think of it, Kolchak was wearing Hecate. one. She said, "But you put that ring on." Yeah. See, I'm thinking that there's this. This is kind of uh, an extension of the one we saw with um, the the uh, mummy sacrifice. It's a contract you've entered into, and at the end yeah. of the contract, you die. The difference here is that the people who entered into the contract didn't know they entered into a contract. Yes, that they that, they accepted that. The, that would that would make sense in the context. Of, have you seen Help? The Beatles. The movie. No, I haven't. Okay. Add Help to your list. Oh, okay. I love. It's, I adore that film. But the well, premise the there album, is about so. a sacrificial ring. So I mean, this okay. literally could be stolen from Help. You put on the ring, you get sacrificed. That's the way it works but 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 i mean that 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 would work in a lot of kolchak episodes that that it's the artifact that has some magic properties in it in this episode it's not the artifact it's the god and in the context in the context of, of of the gods or whatever some kind of arrangement some kind of contract that you enter into even if it's a kind of unwitting contract that would make perfect sense but you don't need the ring what you need is the contract isn't this 
I, I feel like there's, there's um, some legends, I can't put my finger on them, but sacrifices have to be marked in some way. Whether it's, you know, there, there, yeah. there's just a, a mark. Yeah. Because the gods apparently can't spot you unless you've been marked. Um, I I just okay. I feel like that's what they're going for. But I, but you know, I'm yeah yeah. I mean it's, it's the whole thing. The whole thing is problematic because it's not clear. No one no one can tell us what Hecate is actually thinking. The person you would expect to be to be able to speak with some authority is Helen. Yep. But she gets it wrong. But it's really the taxi moment. driver. Yeah. The maybe. taxi driver has told us ex- all we need to know about Hecate. Perfect sacrifice. Maybe and he should have come along t- to the temple in order to kind of explain to us what the hell was going on as so it happened. Let me ask you this question then. Would the taxi driver have, uh, you know, had a thing about Helen? Because she's young and beautiful. Well, <laughs> actually, he did he, he say did that. He did say he wanted. He to did actually there, say yeah. that. Yes, he did. That's true. I'd forgotten about that. So, um, I, I mean, she didn't strike me as that young, though. Nothing against Kathy Lee Crosby, who, by the way, was a tennis professional who has played at Wimbledon. Really, she was. I didn't know that. Didn't I know think that. She, I think as a youth, she was rated seventh. Gosh, in youth youth league. Um, and then she went on to play some tennis professionally in the late 60s. So, you know, um, and moved on to acting. Uh, viewers on in Britain's side of the pond may recognize her from the TV series That's Incredible, which I know was shown in Britain back in the 70s or 80s, whenever the show was on. She was one of the co-hosts of that. Well, Before your time, I, but... Yeah. Somebody over there may go, oh, that. that's incredible. Uh, she was one of the, <laughs> that, was, that was her major claim to fame. She was also the first woman to play Wonder Woman on screen. Oh. There is an awful, awful TV movie made in the U.S. called Wonder Woman uh, about a year. Well, there's a recommendation for you. Yeah, it was, it was no good. It, it, it was, I, I've only seen it the once, and I remember going... This is bad. Now, that being said, I didn't see it till after the Wonder Woman TV series with Linda Carter came out, which started about a year. So they made the Kathy Lee Crosby one as a potential pilot, and it just didn't go. Maybe in 1973, I want to say. And then a couple years later, they, they came out with the Linda Carter one, which was a little more traditional Wonder Woman. And, uh, and then when you go back and watch the, the first pilot, you think, yeah, what were they thinking? This is that's not Wonder Woman kind of thing, but um, anyway, weird. Wonder Woman's sort of Greekish too. Uh, well, they they the go maybe that was what they Greek. Were maybe maybe Kathy Lee Crosby is supposed to look Greek to people. That never <laughs> occurred to me, but <clears throat> maybe. Okay, that's not what I think of when I think of a, a, a Greek woman. Um, usually the dark hair starts off, um, but uh, yeah. Huh. Okay, what else have we got? Anything? Uh, we have the open-minded police captain. Oh yes, uh, no, 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 no. The police no, no. captains S- talk about it. He's not a oh, captain. sergeant. He's a sergeant, sergeant. isn't he? 
but he did but he does he does say all the precinct captains talk about Kolchak so That's even though we get a different one every week we now know that they all go back and yak about him over their donuts yes and I thought it was an interesting premise obviously Kolchak thought it was an interesting premise it's like wow okay and it looked like he was going to try to cultivate a little bit yeah, it looked like it was the first time it had occurred to Kolchak that it might actually be useful to have a police captain who was well disposed towards him. And by the time he gets to talk to him, the guy's already been turned away from Kolchak. He's he's already yes. been yes. berated and humiliated by his fellow police to the point where he's not willing to do it. By his fellow police who have themselves been alienated by Kolchak's general behavior yeah but even then you kind of think the the way in which Kolchak is coming at him with this rather far-fetched theory isn't likely necessarily to you know Kolchak is Kolchak is saying hey here's all you've got you've got to do to bag yourself this case make your name and and everyone will think you're amazing and you're on the road to being a captain and he's there thinking this guy's nuts and so you can understand it okay whereas Kolchak could have Kolchak could have couched it in different terms to make it sound a bit less far-fetched perhaps there's also a problem with it and that is, you know, you, what you got to do, that old guy, you got to go down there and get a forensics team to go in and take his fingerprints. So they got a, they got a John Doe. They got an unclaimed dead John Doe. And they didn't bother to try taking his fingerprints? <laughs> I mean, just, just as a matter of routine. Like, we have an unidentified body. He's 90-some years old in 1970. He's probably in the military. Maybe they did take his fingerprints, but they well, wouldn't have had anything to match them to. I know, but but Kolchak didn't ask for that, right? Oh. See, that, that would have been a little bit different. That would have been a little bit different. You must have taken the cucks. Because, you know, you would expect the guy to have been in the military. He was bound to have fought in World War II, at the very least. So they, they might have his fingerprints on file. A lot of people have their fingerprints on file. I tried to look. I couldn't find out what percentage of... Americans have their fingerprints on file. You know, obviously criminals. I've had my own fingerprints because I've done security work. You know, there's lots of reasons why you might have your fingerprints on file. And He would have been in his 50s in World War II if he was the age they thought that he was. Yeah, that's true. 40, 70, yeah. Yeah, I'm having trouble putting those dates together. Yeah, but still, then he might have been in World War One. He'd have been 20 during yeah, World okay. War One. Yeah. So did but they I even have know. fingerprints in World War I? I don't I, know. I, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, if they had the prints, all they had to do is say, look, you got the print card for that guy. Pull the print card for this missing this other guy, you know, from his apartment and take a look. But that's not as bad as saying send a forensics team down to the stiff in the morgue, pull a set of prints and then and then do it. Yes. Kolchak, you would hope, would know more about police procedure to be able to give a more informed suggestion. But then again, Kolchak has just turned up after having stolen police property from the morgue and then gone to the victim's apartment and put his own fingerprints all over it true 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 and he still thinks it's a good idea to turn up with all of this when his evidence is based on his criminality and lack of procedure so freedom of the press freedom of the press (laughs) 
We've seen that yeah. time and time again in Kolchak. It's freedom of the press. He can do whatever freedom, he wants. Free, you can do whatever you Freedom of the press means you have to go around um, basically stealing things and, and uh, screwing pr- police procedure. We, you cannot press, you cannot um, uh, promulgate laws that restrict the press freedom. I think that's, that's the basic idea. So a law that prevents you from breaking into a house is in fact restricting press freedom. <laughs> Ergo, reporters can break into houses. Uh, it's, it, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> so somebody break into Trump's tax returns. Um, <laughs> it's not a crime if the press does it, right? Anyhow, all right. <laughs> Please, I shall. I shall look forward to the case in which uh, this Fusion Patrol podcast is cited by the Council for the Defence. Yes, there we go. Hey, we 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 thought it was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have anything else in particular about the episode. I didn't ask whether you liked it or not. I was unimpressed. This didn't seem to me a good argument for a second series. So it's, no, it's now going to come down rushed. to the, the one last episode. It feels rushed. It feels uh, poorly thought out. Um, it, it's extremely formulaic in that it's just... Although, you know, Kolchak did do some decent reporting, investigations. Well... Sort of. I mean, you know, he, may, he had may, ideas maybe. that I mean, led to find... He found... You know, he found the dead guy. He um, well, he did, but he found it. He found he found the building by by getting the key from the morgue, and then somehow, from the fact he said E one on the key, he found the exact building and floor that the key fitted a lock for. He only had to go down one corridor testing the. That we I saw. kind of felt like, well, yeah, that we saw. How did he find the building? It was there was a bit of hand waving going on there. He was he. He was portrayed as being a good investigator, not by showing him doing good investigating, but by just saying, oh, he must be a good investigator because he found this building from a key. I'll take that. But then that's that's a standard problem with Kolchak is that he's told we're told that he's doing good investigative work. And um, yeah, well, I complained about that a lot at the beginning. And then we got a few episodes where he actually did some grunt work you well know, he did he must have done grunt work here people because up, he'd have to go to the apartment buildings down. and start plugging the key in <laughs> he had to he had to find the building and all the key said was e1 yeah yeah <laughs> uh, all right maybe, maybe maybe he did a bit of dowsing or something maybe maybe this uh the, this paranormal stuff works both ways yeah right i'll take that I, you know it could work both ways but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, and and the the coincidental plot lines dovetailing. Um, I don't mind Kolchak being drawn into one because something something about some other story makes him interested in it. No, uh, I like that. But that, but to, in this me, case, the the fact that they just parallel each other until suddenly, boom, Helen, and yeah. then we're I yeah. to 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 me the the stories where he gets assigned to a case and then it turns out that that case has some paranormal element to me always seem to feel a bit like a cheat whereas when his eye is caught by some story 
you think here here is here is a, an investigator who has a particular interest in the paranormal and if he sees something about a story that interests him it's a good chance that that's why that seems perfectly reasonable to me but that he just happens to keep getting assigned to these stories that then have paranormal explanations you kind of think flipping heck what is chicago like yeah another thing that, that I, I want to point out uh, difference between 1974 and 2018 um and and in all the intervening years it's progressively gone this way you know now with blogs and online news services and and promulgation of television channels and uh, the death of newspapers and and the change in news the change in what it is people read about what it is they expect journalists to write about um, the fact that that they only do a story on dating every ten years, <laughs> it, it, it was kind of funny. It's like you know we're doing this update on the single scene story. Uh, well, we got one that ten years ago. It's like yeah, it's been it's ten years old, Carl. It's about time we updated it. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, those were the days. I mean, those yeah. were the days when you expected your newspaper. To have news in it, and on Sunday, they'd have a supplemental with the BS in it. You know the. the but but hang on, this this te- it doesn't mean this ten year old story was only printed ten years ago. Does no, does he? I, or does it mean this story has been printed and reprinted? Oh, I don't know. I don't because know. Or maybe the you research can, you can get away with that stuff. Archive is that way. I I because. I have to say, you know, seeing seeing the same story churned over and over again isn't really something that's gone away. No, true, true. But you know, if I'm, I'm guessing what they mean is that they haven't had a reporter do research on the dating yeah. scene for ten years, which we know yeah. is not true because Kolchak was on the the dating cruise in the werewolf. Oh yes. Good but, point. But was he there because it was a dating cruise, or was he there because it was the last cruise of the thing? And then Vincenzo was like doing angle on the desperate singles. So was that that was kind of Vincenzo's yeah. hook on the story? But now the bureau in New York is says, "Hey, we need a we need a people to go out and and do a piece on how people are hooking up now." I yeah, I think this is. Well, they they could they could they could have just not put the line in. They could have just not had the line about not having done the story for ten years. But um, I guess the fact they didn't refer back was because of this thing about it being syndicated in any order and not being able to have any potentially yeah. continuity or or development or uh, and anything of that sort. And you know we're 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 nineteen episodes into a twenty episode show, and. You know, at this point, it's not, you know, spoilery to say that Darren McGavin quit. Um, he, he, he asked for them not to finish the first season, which should have gone to 22 or 24 episodes. Oh, I see. Typically. It was cut short. It was cut a bit short at Darren McGavin's, like, you know, I'm. Th- there were some things going on behind the scenes between who was producing and uh, McGavin thought he was going to be a producer and he wasn't a producer, but he was acting like a producer and... So there were some conflicts on the, on the set, but at the same time, he had real problems with his stories as they were getting towards the end. 
They were not him and me both. They were not well put together. There were a few that stand out, like Horror in the Heights, uh, that show the potential of the series. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, uh, there are ones like this one, and I don't know that he cites this one specifically. But there have been worse. They were they were put together incredibly fast. That they don't fall together cohesively, and um. You know, I think he was. I think he may have rightly pegged and said that there's not enough. There's not enough format here in the format to yeah. sustain this, and because by all accounts he was also very committed to making it work, particularly when it started out. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, yay, let's get this Carl Kolchak character out there and and go. But other disappointments um, led to the end of it. So. Um, here we are. Here we are, knowing that next time will be the last, uh, the last appearance of uh, Mr. Carl Kolchak uh, <gasps> until until the X Files, <laughs> <laughs> or or something therein. Uh, anyhow, all right. Well, uh, Simon, unless you have something else, I do not. All right. Well, in that case, listeners, I do hope you will join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us? Please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Stop by and visit us at our website, fusionpatrol.com. Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol. Check out our Twitter handle at Fusion Patrol. Or just send us an email at feedback at fusionpatrol.com. Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amberwolf.